Good morning. Welcome to all those joining us for Likutei Halachas, Yeredeya, Chelek Sheni, Hilchas Shiluach Hakan, Halacha Dalid. We're in the middle of paragraph Tess. <coughs> in the version that I'm using, it's a new paragraph, V'alkein Be'emes Kamo Nich We started a few lines yesterday. We'll begin from there. We dedicate the learning today, Lili Nishmas, Yentafrad, Albas Rabbi Shuarye, Harini Kapolas Mishkova, and Li'ilu Nishmas, Tzipka Rivka, Bas Hillel. And for a complete Rafua and Yeshua for all those that need it, including Chaviva Chana Basgalia, Rochel Basgalia, Shimon Eliezer ben Rochel, Yaakov Yeshua ben Freindel Rechel, Shlom Anissim ben Mazel, Avram David ben Chana, Eliana Golda Bas Chana Fega, Ayelet Shoshana Bas Chana Leia, Yisrael ben Chana Leia, David ben Behia, Shendel Bas Leia, Yehudis Ruchoma Bas Chavarus, Sara Rochel Bas Yispendel, Abigilan Bas Yispendel, Gitaganendel Bas Sipoira, Lebalea Bas Sipoira, Tuviet Svi ben Chayaliza, Michal Sora Bas Hadasa, Idis Bas Miriam Brindel, Chaim Arye ben Brocha, David Lei ben Shena, Avigail Brocha Bas Shiradvoira, Boruch Mordechai ben Tali, Pesia Bas Chayester, Ruvein Mordechai ben Chana, Tzvi Sholem ben Rita Beverly, Bas Yekela Bas Amalia Malka, Yisrael Meir ben Carmela, Chaim Yitzchok ben Chanarifka, Yehudis Nechama Bas Miriam, Fruma Bas Ganesa, Aviva Chaya Bas Esther Mindel, Gitleya Bas Frumit, Moishalei ben Chanavandel, Daniel Borach ben Sora, Shloima ben Rifka Sprinza, Yente Sora Bas Chanarus, Yaakov Yitzchok ben Rochavetl, Besoich Shar Choy Yisrael. A reminder that tomorrow morning, Erev Yontif, we will have the Shear. We will not have the Shear the entire week of Chalamoyed, so we're trying to get in as much as we can before. We're on the topic of Koirach. Rav Nosenzal is explaining <coughs> what Koirach's Pegam was related to everything we've been learning so far in this halacha. The Alkain, <coughs> Rav Nosenzal spoke based on Torah Ayn Beis on the Kutimran, <coughs> where Rabbeinazal says there are many different types of Yetzirah and many different levels of Yetzirah. <coughs> and therefore, Koirach, who was on a very, very high level, Baruchnius, and he was a Levi, and Levi is from the side of Din, he had a mission to be Mantik the Din on a very high level. And one of the best ways for him to accomplish that was for him to be machnia himself to the koyin, to Arana koyin. Koyin is always chesed. <coughs> and because he didn't, because of his gaiva, and he thought everybody's the same, everybody's equal, because of that he got into the terrible, terrible mess that he got into. 
Vialkein Beemes Kamo Nichshalu Achakach Becheto Egelomaraglim. And therefore, even though the Yidden, the whole Klal Yisrael, reached an incredible high level at Har Sinai, everybody was able to see Hashem Kaviochel. Ponem Beponem Dibra Hashemimochem, still there was a Yet Sahara to deal with after that. And many, many people were nichshal in the Cheto Egel, in the Maraglim. Vafilu Oison Shaloy Nichshalu, Avladayin Yeshalehem Melchomois. And even those who were not involved, who weren't included, in the Cheto Egel or the Maraglim, they still had many major battles to fight throughout the time they were in the Midbar. And since they still have battles, they still have wars to fight, so most definitely not all are equal. According to how much a person succeeds in those battles, that defines the Madregizon. And there are innumerable different levels. No two people are on the same level. Because each and every single person, based on their success in defeating the Yetzirah on whatever high level they're on, that's what determines whether that person it succeed but by being mamtik vidin to that degree that person is to a new level to reach a new height. Vialkain bevadai ein laharich ulihidamo is sharbene Israel afalpisha kulam kedoshim keneged ragle moishaviaroin. And therefore, there's we definitely can't compare the rest of Klal Yisrael, <coughs> even though they were on a very high madrega. <coughs> We can't compare them to the feet of Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron Akoyim. Vafilu gedoyle Yisroel ha'amitim, and even true gedoyle Yisroel, ein lohem lahashvoi satzmon lemoshe viaroin. They cannot compare themselves to Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron Akoyim shezochu lemashezochu, who were zeichet to the levels that they were zeichet to. And this is a very important item because there are people today that say, you know, I don't understand. There are gedolim, real gedolim that everybody recognizes as, as gedolim, and they're not Breslov. So how could Breslov be? The answer is, with all due respect, they could be gedolim, they could be amitim, gedolim amitim, but not in the same league, not in the same ballpark as Rabbeinazal and, and Breslov Hasidim who get up for Chatzois, who, 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 who do what they do, who, who know about Tikna Kloli, <coughs> who know about going to the Tzad, who go to Kivrei Tzadikim, who know about being with the Tzadik for Rosh Hashanah, different league. The Koirach Pogam and Koirach messed up in this area. The Omar ki kol ho'edo kulam kedoshim u'besoichom Hashem u'madua tisnatzmal kal Hashem. Koirach said, Every, all of us are holy here. And, and, and Hashem is, with, all of us have Hashem with us, Mamish. So what makes, what gives Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron Akain the right to be bigger than us in any way? To be the boss and to decide who should be the Nasi, who should be... And, and uh, as a result of being in, denying the, the, the greatness of Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron Akoyan and their superiority, 
he ended up denying the entire Torah which was given to us by Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron Akoyim. Ad shenevdu hu to the point where he and his entire community got lost, got buried. V'hakoyl al yidei hisgarus hadinim. And all of this came as a result of having to engage this midas hadin. Shemehem ikar kol hayitzrim roim eroishat soif. And it's from that side of din, from that left side, that all the different various yitzaharas are all connected to. That's their connection. That's the term sitra achra. Sitra means side. Achra means other side. The other, which is the other side? The left side. Which is again the side of Gevura, Din, Midas Adin. I've mentioned this in the past, but this is so special to me that I, I, I'm happy to hear this again. My Rebbe Rav Rosenfeld, I remember one time it might have been even on Sukkot, if I recall, that he came to my house in, in America <coughs> and he gave a Dvar Torah and he spoke about what the Zohar Kodesh says, the difference between Moshe Rabbeinu and Yeshaya Hanavi. Yeshaya Hanavi, we're talking about one of the 24 Sifrei Torah, the Torah Shebech the written Torah, one of the 24 books of the, Torah, of the written Torah is called Yeshaya, Sefer Yeshaya a whole safer of the Nevu of Yeshaya Hanavi. And the Zohar Kodesh says, let's illustrate the, some of the differences between Yeshaya Hanavi and Moshe Rabbeinu. Yeshaya Hanavi begins his nevuah with the words, Chazoin Yeshayo ben Omo, it's the vision that Yeshaya Hanavi saw, and he's about to get, give over his nevuah, a message directly from Hashem. And he says, Shimu Shamayim Vazini Eretz, listen heaven and listen earth. Ki Hashem diber, because Hashem has spoken. I'm a shliach of Hashem, I'm going to speak the word of Hashem. The Zohar Kodesh says that he said, he said, listen heaven, the Malachim perked up, they heard what he said, and they said, who is this? Who does he think he is? He's telling, uh, we, we should listen to him. And the Zohar Kodesh says they picked up metal sticks to smash his head. Yeshaya Novi saw these Malachim, and he said, Ki Hashem diber. No, 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 one second. It's not, I'm, not, I'm not making my own speech. I'm going to speak the words of Hashem. So they put down the metal sticks. No apologies or anything. They put down the metal sticks. Moshe Rabbeinu says, Ha'azinu ha'shamayim va'adabeira v'sishma ha'oretz imreifi. Listen, heaven, and I'm speaking. I'm going to speak. And listen, earth, to the words of my mouth. Now this is Moshe Rabbeinu who the Torah tells us there was no one ever that was more humble than him. So he's saying this with perfect anava. Why is, and why is he saying this? Because if he doesn't say it, we wouldn't know who Moshe Rabbeinu really is. We wouldn't know how different Moshe Rabbeinu is from any, or any other tzaddikim. And then the Zohar Kodesh explains that lahazin and lishmoya both mean to listen, but it's two different types of listening. When somebody's right next to me and I say, listen to what I'm saying, I say, Laha'azin. When somebody, when I'm making an announcement and I want people far away to hear, I say, Shema Yisrael. Yeshaya Hanavi, who was closer to earth than to Shamayim, he says, Shimu Shamayim Vazinu Eretz. Moshe Rabbeinu is closer to Shamayim than he is to earth. 
he says Hazinu Hashemayim v'sishmoritz. Yeshaya Navi says Shemayim Eretz. Moshe Rabbeinu says Hashemayim. I don't want there to be any mistake. There isn't one Shemayim. There's seven levels in Shemayim. I'm speaking to you on the top, the highest ones. Everyone, everyone, stop what you're doing. The Yisrael Kodesh says that fish in the sea put on the brakes. A bird that was flying, put on the brakes. A malach that was in the middle of a mission, their mission was stopped during the whole time that Moshe Rabbeinu said the Shira Sazinu. That's Hashamayim and, and Ha'oretz. And the Zohar Kodesh says that every word that came out of Moshe Rabbeinu's mouth was Yichudim. Ha'azinu Hashamayim v'adabeira. The first letters are Hey Vav. V'sishma Ha'oretz Vav Hey. The Yehudim, you know, Hashem's name in every word that he's saying. This is to give us an idea once again that Sadikim are not all the same. So when we say God Ladoir, God will be Israel, Rosh Yeshiva, Admor, Rebbe, could be, could be, but that, that doesn't mean they're in the same league whatsoever as other Sadikim. And now Rabbi Nassau goes into detail regarding the different challenges that Koirach challenged Moshe Rabbeinu with that night, the night before the earthquake, the night before the earth opened up and swallowed up Koirach and, and his whole gang. And the 250 leaders of Sanhedrin, a fire came down from heaven and consumed them. Vezej, paragraph Yud. <clears throat> any questions? And this is why the Medrash tells us, the Medrash Tanchuma, that Koirach approached Moshe Rabbeinu and he said, I have a question to ask you. If I have a beged, a garment that's made only of tcheles, the entire garment is tcheles, blue wool, wool dyed with that special tcheles. Does it require the strings? It sits the strings? Moshe said, yes, definitely. Hischel Mesachik. Koirach started laughing at Moshe Rabbeinu. What a joke. How, how, how ridiculous that is. Uma talis. If a talis, that's regular white wool, and you have one string of tcheles, that one string of tcheles makes the entire beggar holy. And... So if the, if the entire beggar is tcheles, why in the world should, should it need the strings? Next question. Bayis mole sforim. A room that's filled with sforim, thousands of sforim. Chayev b'mezuzah? Does it require a mezuzah? Moishonen said yes, definitely yes. Again, started laughing. Ridiculous. Imagine if you have an empty room or a room that has all kinds of furniture in it and you put on that one little mezuzah, that's enough to be mekadesh the whole room. If the room has, is wall-to-wall sfarim, why should it need a mezuzah? Next question. Beheris, bikigris, tome. We know the Torah tells us that if there's a certain type of stain of, of tuma on the skin of a person called a baheris, if it's the size of a gris, a very, very small size, that's enough to, to, to make that person tome. They have to go through a whole process of purification. And what if the baharis spreads over the entire body? Tohar, you're going to tell me he's pure? Again, ridiculous. What kind of stupid thing is that, Chas 
This was Koyrach making, making fun of Moshe Rabbeinu in front of people. K'moishom Rabbi Senezal, as the Medrash Tanchuma tells us in Parshas Koyrach, Hainu Bechinas Pegam Hanal. This is exactly what we learned about in the previous shir. Sherotza lohoven hakoil bechachmosoi. Koirach wanted to understand the entire Torah based on his logic. Vesovar she'ein das vesechel lemala midaitoi And he thought there's no level higher than him, than his seichel. He's the smartest. He's just as smart as Moshe Rabbeinu. Vaholach besvoros sheltoros sheloi. And he went ahead and used his mistaken logic. V'alkein shoal, and therefore he asked, Talis shekulatcheles, eich shayach shetischaya betzitzis. If the entire beged, if the entire garment is tcheles, why in the world should it require tzitzis? Haloi talis shel min acher, chut echot shel tcheles poitra. If the entire talus is not tcheles, if it's white wool, or if it's made from a different kind of kind of uh, cloth, one string of tcheles is enough to make the garment perfect. So, so what's the logic? Watch how Rav Nosanzal clarifies this. Hainu mea, because to give us an understanding of how this actually works. Hainu meachar shetcheles govoya vekodesh kol kach. The Torah teaches us that when you have a garment that's made of white wool or any other type of, of material and you have one string of tcheles, one of the four doubled over strings is tcheles, that's enough to make it be considered as if the entire garment was tzitzis and tcheles. It's considered as if the whole beggar is tzitzis and tcheles. Ube'emes bevadai kenhu. And really, that is the truth. Shalidei chutei ha that as a result of putting in those four long strings into the corners, which get doubled over, so it becomes eight. It looks like eight chutem, but it's really four in the beginning. Nase kol hatales keilu kulatsitsis. It makes that entire garment be called tsitsis. It's called a pair of tsitsis. <coughs> Not just slang. That's what it's really that's what it really is. It's considered as if the entire beged were tsitsis. Ki bevatai nimshach kdushas hatsitsis she ikoron tcheles al kolatales. Because most definitely, when you prepare a talus, a talus gotel or a talus cotton, and you put in those strings, and, and one of them is tcheles, it's considered as if the entire garment was tcheles, and is, the entire garment is tzitzis. V'nasa ha-talus ki'ilu hu kula tcheles, kula tzitzis. V'yalkein onu mevorchem lehesateh batzitzis. And this is why when we put on a talus, we don't say lehisatev betalis. We say lehisatev that I'm wrapping myself in tzitzis. Ve'ein mevorchem lehisatev betalis shetluyim boy tzitzis. I don't say I'm wrapping myself in a garment which has tzitzis hanging in it. We don't say that. Ki atifasenu hu rak betzitzis. Because what we are wrapping ourselves around in is the tzitzis. 
Because by putting in those strings in the corners of the garment, it becomes considered as if the entire garment is tzitzis. The entire garment becomes holy, like tzitzis, and it's as if the entire thing were tzitzis. This, and this is why Koirach made a mistake in applying simple logic. What's the big deal? That if you're telling me that Tcheles is so holy and on such a high level, where one string of tzitzis makes the entire garment, which is made of any other kind of material, it makes it holy. And it makes the entire garment considered as if it were tcheles. Then for sure, if the entire garment is tcheles, then of course it's called tzitzis. You don't need those strings. You don't have to put in the strings in it. And Rav Nosanzal says, and this is definitely a question, if we're dealing strictly with logic, this is a very logical question based on his mistake. Sheomar Sheki, what was his mistake? Sheomar Sheki von Shemagi and Lamadregis al Yoinois, Shuv ein Shayach Yetzahora. That Koira thought that once you get to a certain high level, you don't have to worry about Yetzahora anymore. There is no Yetzahora up there. The ein Shayach Chiluk ben Hagavoya. And therefore, there's no difference whether somebody's on the 80th floor or on the 81st floor or 85th floor. It doesn't matter. There's no Yetzirah there anymore. That's what he thought. Like he said, But the truth is, As the Pesach says in Koheles, there's higher and there's still higher and, and Hashem is still above all all the highest and it goes on in, at, at infinitum and the Torah and the Jewish people and Hashem are all one so just like Hashem is infinite the Torah is infinite ain't soif and the Jewish nation is infinite. The ain kates, the ain soif, lemalas mitzvah And there is no limit. It, it, it is the, the benefits of the mitzvahs of the Torah, the value and the power of each and every mitzvah is infinite. Kamash as the Pasik says clearly in Tehillim, Lechol Tichlo Roisi Kates. For everything, I saw that there is an end. But Rechovo mitzvos chamoid. But your mitzvahs Hashem, they are very wide. There, there's no end. It's infinite. And just like the lowest level Jew is required to fulfill the mitzvahs of the Torah, 
of wrapping himself in tzitzis, all the physical, all the technical things, follow all the technical halachas in detail, in order for the person to get the tikkun that he needs, and in order for the person to become holy, so too, the greatest, greatest tzaddik must also put on a kosher pair of tzitzis that's within the parameters, all the parameters of halacha, the way the Torah says. V'chein b'shari mitzvahs, the same thing. So if we have very, very holy people who are davening mincha of Shabbos on Monday, on Monday afternoon, <clears throat> or doing other funny tricks like this, excuse me, Excuse me, there is a, there is a halacha, and Rav Nassim makes it clear here, and the Torah makes it clear. There are no exceptions. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechoi also studied Kabbalah. He didn't do that. He didn't do that. He made Havdalah on Motsoi Shabbos. He had Shalashudis at Mincha on Shabbos, before sunset. So if we have Mikubalim and magicians and other cute characters who have variations of this, different variations, different flavors, chocolate mint and strawberry vanilla, different things. It's a big question. It's a big problem. It's a very big problem. Because again, our rabbi, Rabbi Nezal, was also a big rabbi. And he studied Kabbalah also in Halacha. And yet he understood that there aren't any exceptions. There are no exceptions. Yes? How do we take that information with the stories that we hear, for example, like let's say the Baal Shem Tov or others that would go into the forest for days and days, no minion, right? They would just eat bonadut. And so it seems like that there is a, some sort of exceptions that the Sadi can make for themselves. If a, pers- if a person is in a forest and there's no minion there, he's, and, and if he's he a Baal Shem Tov, he, he did put himself there, yes, mm-hmm. yes, he's allowed to. I remember asking a Shiloh, for example, people that travel, traveling to a person has to travel to America or other places. Is he required to work out his travel so that he doesn't miss Kriya Satoira, let's say? The answer is required not. Required not. If he has to travel on a Monday and, and or on Tuesday, he doesn't have to make sure not to travel on Monday because if I travel on Monday, there's no safe Torah on the plane. There won't be a Kriya Satoira. Doesn't have to do that. If there's a, cho- a person can choose, if it doesn't ma- affect their plans, a person can choose, you know, they, n- not to have to miss out on, on different things, that kind of thing. And again, if it's a person, a pl- person who's saying Kaddish for a parent, if they're in a, it's not that they're not allowed to go to a place where, where there's no minion, you know, wh- whenever they're in a place where there is a minion, they say Kaddish. If they have to go to a certain place for Parnassa or for any other significant reason and there won't be a minion there, they won't, they're not, they're not breaking a law. They're not breaking halacha. And again, we see who the Baal Shem Tov was. And we see, you know, we see how, how religious he was. And, and the people from the students, the Mishnah says in Pirkei Avos, that the Mishnah asks, what's the difference between the students of Avram Avinu and the students of, of, of Bilam? And the Mishnah describes, it gives a list of the differences. So one of the Mephoshim asks, I don't understand. Why doesn't it just say, what's the difference between Avraham and Bilam? Why the students and the students? And they said, because between, if you looked at Avraham Avinu and you looked at Lahavdil, Bilam Harasha, you couldn't tell the difference. They both looked identical. They both could look the same. But look at the students. Look at the products. Look at the products. 
what's, where is their Yira Shemayim? Where is their Avoida Sashem and everything? And see and, and figure out who's who. We know Rab Nosanzal had this issue during his time, that during his time was a time when the Machloikis of the Misnagdim against the Hasidim was at, at, a, at, a, at a height, a very big height. And one of the reasons, one of the main reasons, I believe, was because prior to the Baal Shem Tov, around that time was the whole era of the Shin Sadi, the Shabtai Tzvi, the, those people who, who studied Kabbalah and, and misused it and, and, and ended up tur- turning thousands of Jews against Hashem to convert to Islam. We read re- about what went on and sins with women, all kinds of terrible things. So when the Baal Shem Tev came along, unfortunately, there were some people who assumed that this is probably a continuation of that and right away put an X through him and an X through all Hasidim. And again, some of the Hasidim, there were issues, the, the Machlekes among different groups, and there were different issues that caused a major part of Kalal Yisrael to look at Hasidim askans, you know, as... as, as, as being a problem and stay far away from them. Rav Nosanzal's father-in-law. But Rav Nosanzal, who was an outstanding, outstanding scholar, an outstanding Talmud Chacham, Yirei Shamayim, before he met Rabbi Nazal, before he joined Hasidus at all, he was outstanding in Torah, in, in, in everything. And, and he was taught, he was indoctrinated against Hasidus and against Hasidim in a very, very powerful way. But yet he had this meat of emes. He was honest. And nothing could compete with, you know, there was nothing more important in his life than honesty. And therefore when he engaged, when he had a chavrusa, a chosid, and they engaged, they debated, and, and it doesn't say what, unfortunately, we're not told those, what those debates were, how his chavrusa showed him and proved to him that the tzaddikim among the chassidim have certain advantages, especially when it comes to yira shamayim, especially when it comes to the mitzvahs that are associated with the heart, like tefillah and those things, that there's major differences. Rav Nosanzal became convinced, he realized, that he was mistaken and that the people who indoctrinated him, even his father-in-law, who he had tremendous respect for, tremendous, but he realized in this area it's a mistake. We know Rabbi Nassau said that the, there are people that say that a tzaddik cannot make a mistake and if he makes a mistake he's no longer a tzaddik. And Rabbi Nassau said, I disagree with both of those things. A tzaddik can make a mistake and if he makes a mistake the mistake is a mistake, and the tzaddik is a tzaddik. We don't necessarily say he's nothing, he's nobody. He's a tzaddik. In this area, he has a mistake. He's making a mistake, that kind of thing. Okay. <laughs> and therefore, the greatest of the greatest Jews, who could be very holy, is required to put on a pair of kosher tzitzis like any other Jew. And so too regarding eating in the sukkah, regarding lulav and esrig, Rabbi Nezal made a joke. Rabbi Nezal said that people that daven after the Zman Kriyashma, it's like a gorgeous esrig on Hanukkah. A beautiful, expensive esrig on Hanukkah. Try that. However, again, when two Jews perform a mitzvah, 
two Jews put on a talus, this one is putting on a talus and, and registering 50 watts on, on the scoreboard, and the other one's putting on a talus and it's 50,000 watts. It's a completely different league because of the Kedusha and Tahara and the Machshava and everything, you know, everything about it. As is brought clearly in the Tikkunei Zoyar, where the Zoyar Kodesh speaks about Rishoim putting on Tefillin. That for Rishoim, when they put on Tefillin, the Tefillin tie up the, their, their prosecutors. It ties up the, the, those who would want to prosecute these Rishoim and prevents them. Lebenoinim to people who are not Rishoim but not yet Sadikim, the Tfilin affect a different Tikkun. Let Sadikaya for Tzadikim, the Tfilin affect a whole different thing. There's a whole major different thing going on when they're putting on Tfilin. But again, both all of them are required to put on the Tfilin in the same exact place on the forehead. And, and the tefillin have to be made out of leather from a kosher animal, and they have to be black, all the different details. However, despite this, all of them have to put on tefillin, the same type of tefillin. The ein chilek ba'asiyas ha-tefillin bein ha-tefillin shel horishoim la-tefillin shel ha-tzadikim ha-gdoilim. And there is no difference halachically in all the methods of preparing the tefillin of a rosha versus the tefillin of its of its sadikim, However, the tikkun that's accomplished by putting on tefillin again, this one registers fifty watts, and this one could register fifty billion watts. Because the mitzvahs that a person performs accomplish what they're supposed to accomplish by each and every person on their level. And the same thing is true regarding all mitzvahs. Because we cannot possibly understand the reasons, all the reasons that there are for the mitzvahs. As it says clearly in Tehillim, Hashem, your mitzvah, your Torah is ploys. It's what pele. Pele means something wondrous, something that's way beyond our understanding. That's why I guard you. I, 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 I'm Shomer Mitzvah. I uphold all the mitzvahs. And as is brought by us many, in many places. And therefore, even though one string of tcheles has the ability to make a tikkun for the talis, for the garment, as if the entire garment were tzitzis, still, despite that, gam talis shekulotcheles, even a garment that's entirely tcheles, you still have to put those strings on it. Because even a garment that's complete tcheles requires the tikkun of those strings, even according to Kairach's logic. 
Even if the fact that the garment itself is holier because it's all tcheles, it still requires those strings in the corners that have to be exactly made this way with the five double knots, and, and that the string, the, the, the string part should be twice the length of the, of the knotted part, etc., etc., I just want to finish this piece. Avo be'emes, ein shum maila u'kedusha letalas shekula t'cheles al shar talesim. But Rav Nosanzal explains now, the truth is, if the garment were all complete t'cheles, it would not be any better than if the garment is white, like our talesim. Ki ikar maylas ha'cheles <laughs> because the whole benefit of the tchelis is only when it's used exactly in the manner that the Torah defines, that the string, one of those four strings should be tchelis, <clears throat> and <clears throat> that it should be twisted, <laughs> or the tchelis that was included in the garments that were prepared for the Kohanim. But using tcheles in a place where it's not mitzvah, where Hashem did not say that the garment should be tcheles, it's not better at all. You're not, you're not benefiting, you're not making the mitzvah better in any way in having this blue talis. And therefore, Koirach had two mistakes. Mistake number one was he thought that he was being machmir, mamesh, he's a big tzaddik, that the entire garment is tzaddik. And even had he been right with that, he still was making a major mistake. Because even if that would have been a better garment, it would still require those strings placed in the corners. Just like the greatest of tzaddikim require the tikkun of each and every mitzvah being performed the way it's supposed to be performed based on their greatness. Because even on the highest, highest levels of Kedusha, there's also a Yetzirah over there. There are these Gvurois and Dinim. And they also require repair. They also require this Hamtoka Sadinim. The whole Hatikunim Vamtoka is Meroishvat Soif. And all of these tikkunim and all of these hamtokois are accomplished from beginning to end, are accomplished only through the mitzvahs which Hashem gave to us through Moshe Rabbeinu. Because all the mitzvahs are on a very high level. And each one of the mitzvahs has in it infinite tikkunim, all kinds of tikkunim that are needed for all the different worlds from top to bottom. 
Lamashal, for example, Mishu Afilu Lamata Measia, even a person who is below the Olam Hoasia. Meaning that this person has gone down to the basement. The klipos, of the, the tumor of the oil is, is attached to that person. He's not even on the ground floor, he's in the basement. That person is required to put on tzitzis and put on tefillin like anybody else. And these mitzvahs make make the person holy. They they purify the person every time. So that that person will be either during his lifetime or at least after the person dies to chase away and eliminate those klipos and to become holy through those mitzvahs, with the holiness of these mitzvahs that he was able to fulfill, and to be able to receive his portion in Olam Haba. <clears throat> and so too, similarly, a person who succeeded in eliminating the klipos of Asiya, in, of this world, <clears throat> and this person succeeded even in defeating the klipos of the next world, the world of the angels, and thereby this person was able to receive a neshama from the level of yitzira, that person is still required to put on tzitzis and tefillin. <clears throat> And the tzitzis and tefillin have the ability, ability to go up to his voltage. You know, we have, we have 100 watts and 220. In, in Chutz Loretz it's 100 watts, and in Eretz Yisrael it's 220. The mitzvahs are, have transformers in them. They work for the person who's at 100 watts, and they work for the person who's 220 watts. Every person, these mitzvah can give that person the voltage, the tikkun that that person needs on their level. And the same thing is true regarding all the madregas. And therefore, even the tzaddikim who are on the highest levels, where it seems to these tzaddikim sometimes, based on the reasons that are given and the kavonos that are written in the Sifrei Kabbalah, in the writings of the Arizal, in the Zohar Kodesh, regarding the mitzvahs, it seems to these people <clears throat> that they no longer have to fulfill those mitzvahs because they have already reached levels that are above the levels that are described in these Sifrei Kabbalah that this mitzvah is on. This mitzvah is 600 voltage. I'm at a thousand volts right now, so so then I don't have to do that mitzvah. But the truth is that's not the case. Because even though the reasons 
that the Arizal and the Zohar Kodesh and other Sifrei Kabbalah give us, explaining the mitzvahs, and they give us certain kavanas that, that one has when doing the mitzvahs. Afal Pikin, this is a very, very critical piece that we're saying now. Listen, pay very close attention. Afal Pikin, Cholilo Loimar, She'ein Bahamitzvois, Ki Im Elu Hataimen Vakavonois. A person would be making a terrible, terrible mistake if they thought that the reason that the Zoyar Kodesh gives or the Arizal gives for a particular mitzvah, that that's the reason, period. That's the reason, and now I know the reason. Chas v'shalom. Kimisha oimer ken chas v'shalom hu mekatzeitz A person who says that is denying Hashem. Mekatzeitz mamish. They're cutting. They're, they're cutting themselves. She mekatzeitz u mafsik chas v'shalom ha mitzvahs me Hashem isporach. They are detaching the mitzvahs from Hashem. Because they're implying Hashem is infinite, but a mitzvah is not infinite. A mitzvah, this is the mitzvah. I learned the kiss Arizal. So now I know exactly what Lulav is all about. I know. I know. If a person thinks they know, then they definitely don't know. Because the truth is, there is no limit. There, there are no boundaries to the reasons for the mitzvahs and what the mitzvahs accomplish and the secrets that are found in every mitzvah. Because the mitzvahs are part of Hashem, Hashem is infinite. Remember, the Zohar Kodesh says that the word mitzvah is Yud Kei in code, in Atbash. When you take the first letter of the Aleph Beis and switch it for the last letter, and the second is set, Mem becomes Yud, and Tzadik becomes Hey. Tzadik is the fifth letter from the end of the Aleph Beis, and Hey is the fifth letter from the beginning. So the word Mitzvah is Yud Kevavke. A Mitzvah is Hashem. Rabbi Nezah was once holding a piece of matzah in his hand, and he said, I'm holding Hashem, I have Hashem in my hand, Kaviyochel. This is, uh, this is a, an aspect, a part of Hashem, Kaviyochel. And therefore, so too, there is no limit there is no, the, to, to the mitzvahs and the secrets involved in each and every mitzvah. And therefore, even though this person is on a very, very high level, very holy, the person is required to fulfill the mitzvahs simple, simple, the way the Torah says. Because by him, when he pushes that button, when he, when he performs that mitzvah, the mitzvah will, cre- will generate a billion watts. The other person will do the same mitzvah, it'll generate a hundred watts. For him, do- performing that same mitzvah properly will generate the billion watts. Performing the mitzvah correctly will be mamtik the din that that great person has to be mamtik on his level, <coughs> which means his yetzahara. Now I want to clarify things a little bit here. Rabbi Nezal, when he was traveling to Yisrael, there was no minion on the boat, and at the 
and, and, and all kinds of difficulties and traveling <coughs> on, on Rosh Hashanah on different holidays, different things, which again, the Shulchan Aruch tells us that you're allowed to, you're, when you're allowed to get off the boat, not allowed to, etc., etc. Rabbi Nassau said that he was masig, he, was, he achieved such a high level of knowledge of Hashem and of the Torah that if he were on a desert island and he didn't have tefillin and he didn't have, he would be able to perform the mitzvah, he would be able to accomplish the tikkun of tefillin and tzitzis <coughs> through other means. Just like the Zohar Kodesh says about Yaakov Avinu, that Yaakov Avinu, when the Torah tells us <coughs> that when he was separating from Lovan and they had to decide which sheep go to Yaakov Avinu, which ones go to Lovan, so Yaakov Avinu said, the ones that have stripes and speckles, those are the ones that'll <coughs> be mine, a, a whole beautiful thing. The Zohar Kodesh has an incredible, one of the deepest parts of the Zohar Kodesh shows how those stripes and speckles were the, the tikkun of tefillin and other things that Yaakov Avinu was on a madrega <coughs> that he knew, again, that if he didn't have tefillin, he could accomplish the tikkun of tefillin with these sticks with the stripes, etc., etc. That was a Yaakov Avinu, tzaddikim on that level. We have a story with the Baal Shem Tov that I told, that the Baal Shem Tov once encountered a person who had never learned, you know, never really learned. He knew how to read. And that person would say the entire sitter every morning, you know, from the beginning, Shabbos, Rosh Hashanah, Chanukah. And the Baal Shem Tov corrected him. You know, at one point he corrected him. He told you, you, you don't know that this is for the morning, this is for the afternoon. Shachris Mincha This is only for Shabbos. That, I didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't know. And the Baal Shem Tov showed him exactly... And then he made markers, and then he dropped the sitter, and he lost all the markers, and he came running after the Baal Shem Tov, and then the Baal Shem Tov performed a miracle. The Baal Shem Tov <coughs> said, took his kerchief and put it on the surface of a river, and it became like a raft, like a boat, and it, it took him across the river. This person came running, chasing after the Baal Shem Tov. He saw what the Rebbe did. He took out his kerchief, put it on the water, and it did the same miracle for him. And he went chasing the Baal Shem Tov. Rebbe, 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 I, 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 I lost all the markers. I, the Baal Shem Tov looked at him, and he said, just keep doing what you're doing. Don't, don't change anything. The Baal Shem Tov knew that this person was an exception. This person who had never learned, and who had never this... But he had achieved such a level of tzaddik that Hashem was getting pleasure. Just like the story with the Arizal. There's a story with the Arizal, uh, uh, very well known. I believe it might even be mentioned in, in, among the Paiskim. That there was a person during the time of the Arizal that used to sneak into the shul on Erev Shabbos. He learned about Lechem Aponim in the Beis Amikdash. <laughs> that they, t- they would put these loaves in, in, in the shul, Beis Amikdash and it would stay fresh for a whole week and they would change it every Erev Shabbos. So he went into the Oren Kodesh. Every Erev Shabbos would sneak into the shul when nobody was there and put his house. He wanted to perform the mitzvah of Lechem Aponim. And one time the Rav was in the shul before Yontif preparing a shir. He sees this guy sneaking into the shul, going into the Oren Kodesh. He says, what are you doing? He got caught. He had to tell him, I'm trying, you know. The Rav said, you're crazy, Meshuggah, don't you ever do that again? That night, the Rav had a dream, to, or, or the Arizal came to, came to him and said, write a will for your family. You're, you're, you're about to leave the world. Because the pleasure that Hashem got from this person's mitzvah that he was doing with his pshitas and tmimus, there was nothing like that since the time of the Beis Hamikdash. 
So here again, there are certain rare, rare exceptions, which a tzaddik on the level of the Arizal, or the Baal Shem Tov, or Yaakov Avinu, or Rabbeinazal, in certain cases, in certain cases, would say that a certain thing was, was okay allowed. But again, these tzaddikim, the Baal Shem Tov, did not daven shachris late. The chasidish minig of davening late in the morning is not so chasidish. The Baal Shem Tov davened neitz, vesikin, it's, it's all over the Sforim. And chatzois, he speaks about getting up at midnight and these things. So we need to be able to know, to be able to really, really have the right kind of leaders, the right kind of tzaddikim leading us, Rabbein Azal, Rabbein Azal, teaching us Authentic Judaism. Question in the chat. Correct. The question in the chat. If a person has to go to a place without a minion for parnoso or some other important reason, that's one thing. But if a person chooses to miss a minion on a regular basis for spiritual reasons, in order to have his spoiledness in the forest, it does look like consider other things to be more important than following the halacha strictly. Correct, correct. And that's why it's very important for a person who wants to have his spoiledness to read, to learn about Rabbi Nizal and Rabbi Nizal, their life, and to see when they had his spoiledness. Did they do it in middle of sh- inst- instead of Shachris? Or instead of Mincha? Or did they go to Shul for Mincha and Marav, Shachris Mincha Marav? To know that everything has a place and a time, and again, each person needs to know their level, their madrega. Question? We, we see here sometimes people wear multiple pairs of tzitzis. Do you see in, in wrestling with any of your, your games that can do that? No. Question about p- people wearing multiple pairs of tzitzis? No. Tfilin, Regarding tefillin, we have uh, the issue of Rashi tefillin, Rabbeinu Tam tefillin, and then there's a third type of tefillin called Shimusha Rabba, which is discussed in the Zohar Kodesh and in Shulchan Aruch. It's mentioned these three types of tefillin, and it says it says that everybody is required to wear Rashi tefillin, Rabbeinu Tam tefillin. There is some qualification as to who should wear it, Tamid Chachamim. And here Rabbeinu Zal taught us that a person who wants to be attached to a Talmud Chacham should also be wearing Rabbeinu Tam Tfilin, that kind of thing, you know. But, but here again, the, but regarding multiple tzitzis, I, I know that there was a Rosh Yeshiva in Yerushalayim that wore many period tzitzis. I never spoke to him. I don't know. I believe he was a person who followed halacha. So I, I don't know. I don't think it was against the halacha in any way. As to why they did that, I don't know. I don't know. But my rebbe's, I saw one pair of tzitzis, two pairs of tefillin, and interestingly, I'll give an example. Uh, there are differences between Sfardim and Ashkenazim. Sfardim, when they put on tefillin, when they put on Rashi tefillin, they sit for putting on Rashi tefillin, and then they stand up for Rabbeinu Tam tefillin. My Rebbe Rav Rosenfeld was once giving shir in Tikkunei Zoyar, and the Tikkunei Zoyar explains why you're supposed to sit when you're putting on Rashi tefillin. And Rav Rosenfeld said, like, jokingly, there are times that I'm jealous of the Sfarim, you know, because some of the things they do are based on the Zohar Kodesh, and he knew the Zohar Kodesh, but, but he still followed the custom of the Ashkenazim, and we, we understood that Rabbi who was Ashkenaz, this is what he did. So even though we know certain things, there are certain things, the Gemara says regarding magic, you know, 
Talmud Chacham is allowed to learn to know about it, but not to execute it, not to do it. There are certain things that we learn to know, to understand, but we don't necessarily practice it. We practice the following the halacha and following minigavoseinu, you know, the custom of our forefathers. Rabbi Nassim, did you ever have a chance to talk to your Rabbi about wearing techeles in our schools? Unfortunately, I, I probably didn't do enough regarding. I saw that in Breslov itself, there were two paths. There was, the, um, in the previous generation, I'm going back to the, the early 1900s, there were two, two, two of, the, of the giants in Breslov. One was Rabbi Avram Sternhartz, who was a great-grandson of Rabbi Nassenzal, who was highly respected and revered by many, many leaders in Breslov and leaders outside of Breslov. Then there was Rabbi Avram Rabbi Nachman, Rabbi Avram, the son of Rabbi Nachman Tulchiner. Rabbi Nachman Tulchiner was in some ways the closest student of Rabbi Nassenzal, the one who had the greatest shimush. It's, it's known that Rabbi Avram Rabbi Nachman met with the Radzina Rebbe, <coughs> And they discussed the, the topic of tcheles. And from that time on, I believe, Rabbi Avram Rabbi Nachman started wearing tcheles. And some of his students also, they followed that path. Whereas Rabbi Avram Sternhartz and his students didn't wear tcheles. And each one had different reasons for it. And it was known throughout the gen... It, it passed on in the generations afterwards that they did, they didn't. And there was mutual respect and love between them. It didn't generate any kind of conflict. It, the, the, the students of Rabbi Avram Rabbi Nachman, at some point in time, there were more of them than the students of Rabbi Avram Sternhartz. So, and, and they had more students. So it became more popular in Breslov that Breslovers wear tcheles, that kind of thing. It became a thing that people thought Breslovers wear tcheles, not knowing that it's not true. There's a branch in Breslov that wears tcheles. No matter how many people it is, etc., etc., then there became an issue that there are different types of tcheles, that in the field of tcheles, and there are sfarim written about this, that these people say that's not the real tcheles, and this is only, there's like, I think at least three different types of tcheles. So that's where there's this, this, this conflict. My Rebbe Rav Rosenfeld did not wear tcheles. His Rebbe Rav Avram Sternhardt didn't. After Rav Avram Sternhardt passed away, Rav Rosenfeld took Rabbi Yochaim Rosen as his Rebbe. And I believe Rabbi Yochaim Rosen did wear tcheles, and it wasn't, a, wasn't an issue. He was following Rabbi Avram Rabbi Nachman. Rav Rosenfeld continued the way he was, the way he had been mekabel from his Rebbe, Rabbi Avram Sternhardt. And Rabbi Michal followed up. Correct. Rabbi Michal did not wear tcheles. Correct. Any other questions? Wishing everybody a wonderful day. And tomorrow is Erev Sukkot. We should be zoichet to make all the proper preparations for this awesome holiday. This is the climax of Elul, Aseres Yimei That was all the year. And now we're going into the Simcha. We should be zoichet that the Simcha should be betachlis hashlemos by each one of us in our homes. And we should be zoichet to the ultimate Simcha, the Gula Shleimah b'mher b'meinu. Amen v'yomein. Amen.